0: President Zelensky, it's an honor to welcome you back to the White House. When President Putin launched his brutal total invasion of Ukraine in February of 2022, and Russian tanks rolled over the border toward Kyiv, there were those who thought Ukraine wouldn't survive for a month. So no one, no one should forget that for you to be here today, again today, nearly two years later, and for Ukraine to be stand strong and free is an enormous victory already. Putin has failed, failed in his effort to subjugate Ukraine. The brave people of Ukraine have defied Putin's will at every turn, backed by the strong and unwavering support of the United States and our allies and partners of more than 50 nations, 50 nations in Europe and the Indo-Pacific. And Ukraine will emerge from this war proud, free, and firmly rooted in the West unless we walk away. The American people can be and should be incredibly proud of the part they played in supporting Ukraine's success. We'll continue to supply Ukraine with critical weapons and equipment as long as we can, including $200 million I just approved today in a critical needed equipment, additional air defense interceptors, artillery, and ammunition. But without supplemental funding, We're rapidly coming to an end of our ability to help Ukraine respond to the urgent operational demands that it has. Putin is banking on the United States failing to deliver for Ukraine. We must, we must, we must prove him wrong. The United States and Congress must, as I asked last week, and it's stunning that we've gotten to this point. You know, we need to fully appreciate, fully appreciate, how it's wrong, how this is being viewed around the world and being used by Russia. Russian loyalists in Moscow celebrated when when Republicans voted to block Ukraine's aid last week. The host of a Kremlin-run show literally said, and I quote, Well done, Republicans. That's good for us. End of quote. Let me say that again. This host of a Kremlin-run show said, Well done, Republicans. That's good for us. That's a Russian-speaking. If you're being celebrated by Russian propagandists, it might be time to rethink what you're doing. History, History will judge harshly those who turn their back on freedom's cause. Today, Ukraine's freedom is on the line. But if we don't stop Putin, it'll endanger the freedom of everyone almost everywhere. Putin will keep going and would-be aggressors everywhere will be emboldened to try to take what they can by force. Mr. President, I'll not walk away from Ukraine, and neither will the American people. A clear bipartisan majority of people across the United States and in Congress support your country. They understand, as I do, that Ukraine's success and its ability to deter aggression in the future are vital to security for the world at large. And I have repeatedly made clear from our first day in office, we also need Ukraine to make changes to fix the broken immigration system here. We also need Congress to make the changes to fix the broken immigration system here at home. My team is working with Senate Democrats and Republicans to try to find a bipartisan compromise, both in terms of changes in policy and provide the resources we need to secure the border. Compromise is how democracy works, and I'm ready and offered compromise already. Holding Ukraine funding hostage in an attempt to force through an extreme Republican partisan agenda on the border is not how it works. We need real solutions. I also ask Congress for funding for Israel to take on Hamas and confront multiple other threats backed by Iran in the wake of the October 7th assault. National Security Advisor Sullivan will travel to the region this week and meet with the Israeli War Cabinet, as I have met with, to emphasize our commitment to Israel, as well as the need to protect civilian life and ensure more humanitarian assistance flows and reaches into Gaza for Palestinian civilians. Secretary Austin will also travel to the region this week to step up the international efforts to protect the free flow of commerce through the Red Sea. The entire world is watching what we do. So, let's show them who we are. America stands for freedom today, tomorrow, and always. America stands against tyranny and against oppression. And America stands with the people of Ukraine. Thank you again for being here today, Mr. President, and thank you for everything Ukraine is doing to hold the line for liberty in the world. The floor is yours, Mr. President.
1: Thank you very much, Mr. President, dear journalists. I'm glad to be here and personally thank you and tell you how Ukraine values what we've achieved together, defending life and freedom. In Ukraine, we are fighting for our country and freedom, and also in Europe, we say, for our freedom and yours. And this motto resonates not only in our country, not only in our hearts, not only in Ukraine, but also in Poland and Baltic states, Moldova, and others. When freedom is strong in one country, it is strong everywhere. When it burns in one soul, it presents its merits to to others. Ukrainians have twice- Ukrainians have twice-led revolutions this century, defending freedom for nearly two years, we have been in a full-scale war, the biggest, the biggest since World War II. Fighting for freedom, we stand firm. No matter what Putin tries, he hasn't won any victories. Thanks to Ukraine's success, success in defense, other European nations are safe from the Russian aggression, unlike in the past. Ukraine can now tackle the Russian dictatorship. So our children and other nations won't have to shed their blood and sacrifice lives, defending against Russian aggression. We've already made significant progress. We've shown that our courage and partnership are stronger than any Russian hostility. And we've freed 50 percent of the territories Russia occupied after February 24th. And we've won the Black Sea and are reviving our economy. Thanks to maritime exports, Ukraine's 5 percent economic growth this year proves our effective partnership. And we've shown no, no Russian missiles can overdo the powerful American patriot systems. Thank you very much. And even during war, we are reforming our country and strengthening our, our institutions. Today, President Biden and I discussed how to increase our strengths for next year. first air defense and destroying Russian logistics on Ukraine's land. Mr. President, thank you very much for your supporting, supporting us. And in these areas, like our victory in the Black Sea, we aim to win the air battle crashing Russian air dominance. This will will intensify our ground advances in 2024 with our control of the skies. Who controls the skies controls the war's duration. And today I would like to thank, of course, for yet another significant defense package with our defenders' value very much. Second, yesterday, I met with American, American defense company leaders. They advised us on how to make our defense industries work faster and more effectively. Thank you, President Biden, for this important initiative. We started with you. Together, Ukraine and America can strengthen democracy's arsenal. And this is vital for other free nations and the U.S as it involves your companies, technologies and technology advancement and job creation. And it is important to know that two-thirds of American support for Ukraine remains and works in the United States. Third, I informed, Mr. President, that Ukraine has fulfilled all the recommendations of the European Commission regarding the preparation for a decision to start negotiations on Ukraine's accession to the uh, EU. And we constantly communicate with European leaders about our joint steps, sanctions, and political efforts to pressure Russia. American leadership is crucial. in keeping this unity together, a unity that serves the entire free world. And I thank America for new sanctions, and today we discussed Putin's further isolation and making him pay for his aggression. It's very important that by the end of this year, we can send very strong signal of our unity to the aggressor and the unity of Ukraine, America, Europe, the entire free world. Everything we talked about today will help us in the year 2024. Today's discussions in the White House and in Congress, across both parties and both chambers, with a speaker, we are very productive. And I thank you for the bipartisan support. As we approach Christmas on behalf of all our Ukrainian families, separated by war, and all sons and daughters on the front, Ukraine's greatest wish is to near this war's victorious end. No one no one but Putin wants, wants a prolonged war. We dream of a Christmas in the peacetime, of course, and we are working to turn our battlefield success into peace. And we are heading there together with you. And thanks, of course, to your support. Thank you very much, Mr. President. Thank you, America. Slavo Ukraine.
0: Thank you. Look, uh, we're going to alternate asking questions. We're going to ask a total of each ask two questions. And I will ask the first question. Uh, I will ask. I will recognize the first question asker. <laughs> I'll ask a question, to y'all, too. But um, uh, Danny Kemp.
2: Um, thank you, Mr. President. Um, for President Biden, um, Ukraine's counteroffensive has, uh, has stalled in recent months. Uh, Congress is blocking aid, uh, and Vladimir Putin appears ready to just wait things out. Um, so what is the strategy for the US and Ukraine next year to try and turn this, uh, turn this around? And if that fails, uh, at what point do you say to Ukraine, as a friend, uh, that it is perhaps time to start looking at peace talks? And for President Zelensky, um, welcome back to Washington. Um, can I ask you, did you uh, hear what you wanted to hear from Congress and from President Biden? Um, and or are you indeed more worried than when you got here? Thank you very much.
0: Well, let me uh, answer the question first. Let's put this in perspective. Remember how far Ukraine has come. Russia has failed, failed thus far, in trying to erase Ukraine from the map and uh, subsume it into Russia. Ukraine has taken back more than 50 percent of its territory seized since February of 22. And it's pushed back Russian — the Russian Navy so Ukraine can export grain and steel to the world through the Black Sea. And thanks to the incredible courage of the Ukrainian people and the bipartisan support from our Congress, but it's not just American support. There are more than 50 countries — 50 countries helping Ukraine with military, economic, and humanitarian assistance. 50. The burden-sharing, the U.S. has put up $75 billion, and our allies and partners have put up $100 billion. And more than 90 percent of our security assistance to Ukraine is being spent in the United States to provide weapons for Ukraine and replenish our stockpiles and build our industrial base. We need to ensure Putin continues to fail in Ukraine and Ukraine to succeed. And the best way for that to do that is to pass the supplemental.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Can I answer in Ukrainian, please?
3: Thank you. First of all, I would like to add uh, to the words of Mr. President uh, Biden uh, uh, about successes. I think that. uh, these were not easy successes. Nonetheless, they were quite serious. They were serious steps forward. Indeed, we gained victory on the sea, we destroyed ships of the Russian Federation, we throw... The remnants of their fleet to Russian territorial waters. Yes, yeah, they uh, have something uh, in the Black Sea, uh, in the vicinity of our temporarily occupied Crimea. But we are going to proceed this activity. Our guys destroyed 20,000 of uh, Wagner mercenaries. These are serious terrorists who were massing everywhere on African continent, in Syria, in Ukraine. There were a lot of mass and nucleus of this terroristic organization is not existing anymore. Yes, we had a lot of uh, problems, but nonetheless we were able to do this. Moreover, Russia were not able to seize uh, any part of our territory, any village, any town. I'm not talking about large cities, and we are going to proceed with this. It. it is good without saying that we have objective, we have a clear plan, but if you allow me I am not able to tell you in public uh, on the details of 2024 operations. If I heard what I want, I've heard a lot, surely I told what I wanted to. I feel and experience this support from President Biden administration, uh, from senators, and we've been talking with the speaker. I got this signal. They were more than positive, but we know that we have to separate world, and particular result. Therefore, we will count on particular results. Thank you.
1: Your turn to ask question? Yeah, sorry. now. Telekanal
3: Inter, please.
1: Inter, Thank you for taking my question. Dmitry Anopchenki, Ukrainian Television, U.S. correspondent. Uh, many Republican voices doubt the ability of Ukraine to win the war. Uh, Senator once uh, recently even told that Ukraine need to cede some territories to stop fighting. Volodymyr, uh, To be very honest, have you even considered such a step to cede the territories to stop fighting? And Mr. Biden, could you please clarify the policy and of your administration, the strategy of your administration on Ukraine? Is it about helping the country to defend itself or to win the war? Because it's obviously such a difference. So, first question to me.
3: So, uh, the, your question is: If we are ready to give up our territories?
1: Mm. The question
3: is not only about our words or thoughts. The question is about for what we are ready and for what we are not. How? Ukraine is able to give up its territories. That's insane, to be honest. We are mentioning God, very often. That's not about Christianity. We have our people there, we have our families there, we have children there. That's a part of Ukrainian society, and we are talking about human beings. They are being under tortures, they are being raped, and they are being killed. And those voices, which offers to give up our territories, They offer, as well, to give up our people. That's not a matter of territory, that's a matter of lives, of families, of children, of their histories. I don't know whose idea it is. But I have a question to these people, if they are ready to give up their children to terrorists. I think no.
0: We want to see Ukraine win the war. And, uh, as I've said before, winning means Ukraine is a sovereign, independent nation and uh, that can afford to defend itself today and deter further aggression. That's our objective. Uh, Trevor Reuters.
2: Reuters. Thank you, sir. Um, First, a question for both of you. Um, Given the Republican skepticism of the Ukraine effort, do you worry that a second term for President Trump would be the uh, end of an independent ukraine that 's for both of you, and then for you uh, President Biden, um, just an update if you could on the the situation in Gaza uh, on the reports that Israel has begun flooding Hamas tunnels um, and just the the offensive in southern Gaza generally, how long do you think that operation should last? Thank you
0: first of all, with regard to uh Political support for Ukraine. There is a strong bipartisan political support for Ukraine. Small number of Republicans who don't want to support Ukraine, but uh, they don't speak for the majority, even the Republicans. In my view, we're in negotiations <coughs> to get funding we need, not to promise, uh, not not making promises, but hopeful we can get there. I think we can. And you're right. The world's watching what we do. Would you send a horrible message to an aggressor and allies if we walked away at this time? And it would hurt our national security. Do you want me to answer the other question as well? With regard to. Say it again.
2: Sorry. So the, the question was just um, if you could talk a little bit about the Gaza operation, Israel flooding Hamas tunnels. And if you've had conversations with uh, Bibi Netanyahu about how long that operation should last?
0: Well, I have had conversations with Bibi Netanyahu, and uh, and uh, I want to make sure that uh, we don't forget uh, what we're doing here. We have to support Israel because they're an independent nation that's being—I mean—the brutality, the inhumanity, the way in which Hamas treated the Israelis and, I mean, raping and burning and beheading. I mean, it's just, just beyond comparison, beyond comparison. And uh, to anything else that I've seen since I've been here and I've been around for a long time. But I think that uh, we have made it clear to the Israelis and they're aware that the independent the, the safety of innocent Palestinians is still of great concern. And so, the actions they're taking must be consistent with attempting to do everything possible to prevent innocent Palestinian civilians from being being hurt, murdered, killed, lo- lost, et cetera. And, uh, look, um, it doesn't uh, lessen their responsibility going after Hamas to in, for innocent Palestinians and, and, uh, and Hamas. Uh, Look, we have a responsibility to protect citizens and ensure they have access to humanitarian assistance. That's why I've worked so hard with our Arab friends as well as the Israelis to get humanitarian assistance into Israel, literally getting up to 140 trucks loaded with gear, loaded with food, loaded with everything that is needed by the Palestinians, including fuel. So, you know, Israel has stated its intent to fulfill these responsibilities. Uh, it's very difficult. With regard to the flooding of the tunnels, uh, I'm not a, well, there is assertions being made that there's quite sure there are no hostages in any of these tunnels. Uh, but I don't know that for a fact. I do know that, though, every civilian death is an absolute tragedy. And Israel stated its intent, as I said, to uh, to match its uh, its words with uh, — its intent with word, with actions. That's why uh, — that's why I was — that's what I was talking about today. Question three. I uh, guess I asked — no, I
1: just asked — it's your turn. My turn. Tone. Your turn. Yeah. So, uh, addressing
3: your question very quickly, uh, I've been talking a lot with representatives of both parties, Uh, both Democrats and Republicans uh, proved uh, full-pledged support. And we will see, but before this, we've always been trusting in support of our strategic partner, the United States, and we will consider that it will continue in this way, and Ukraine will not remain alone against such a critical terrorist as the Russian Federation. Thank you so much. Uh, my name is Yaroslav Dvipol, Ukraine Forum News Agency, Ukraine. Next summer, uh, the United States will host uh, uh, an anniversary NATO summit summit in Washington DC, which which raises a lot of hope, especially for Ukraine. Uh, President Zelensky, uh, what does the Ukrainian side expect from this summit? And uh, do you hope to hear direct invitation for Ukraine (laughs) to join the alliance? And uh, President Biden? Under what conditions is the United States ready to support the initiative of inviting Ukraine to be a member of NATO? Thank you.
1: Thank you for your question. Uh, I will answer very quickly on this very complicated question. We are not allies. Till now, we are not mem- we, we are allies, but we are not members, members of NATO. So that's why I think I will pass this question to <laughs> our big friend, <laughs> President Biden.
2: Well, look,
0: I'm very proud of how strong and unified NATO has become, and now it's even larger. I uh, Putin wanted the Finlandization of NATO when I met with him in, uh, in, uh, in, in Geneva, right after I was elected. And he's gotten the NATOization of Finland instead. And NATO will be in Ukraine's future, no question about that. But we, as we said in Vilnius, Ukraine will become a member of NATO when all allies agree and conditions are met. Right now, we have to make sure they win the war. And, uh, you know, we launched a joint declaration of support alongside President Zelensky and the G7 leaders in Vilnius, outlo- outlining a long term commitment to supporting Ukraine's defense needs. We also hosted a defense industry conference last week here in D.C. to get that critical work done. So it's a step at a time. Thank you all very, very much.